Hey, this is Lori Ice Fetrick, and you are listening to Verbal Shenanigans. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy New Year. I know it, it seems it seems past the Happy New Year uh, point. The two-week mark is, is way too long to say Happy New Year. Yeah, we're kind of closer to Martin Luther King Day than uh, New Year, Scott, to be honest. So, Happy yes. Martin Luther King Day. Yes, yes. Um, as you guys may have heard me say before, I, I think... We're, we're pressing up on white trash identification day, which is also if you have your Christmas lights up or Christmas stuff up when it's Martin Luther King day, you're a little bit of white trash. Mike, mm. how are you doing on that front? I know your wife has like 72 Christmas trees. Um, how you doing? Well, we just got the one and it's, we got a smaller one this year. So it'll be easier to move up in the attic. It's just a matter of uh, getting her, Disney ears off of the tree and so what you're saying is as we were recording this on Mm -hmm. January 10th is that what today is 11th I believe 11th um Christmas decor is still up the only decor is the tree so that's why I'm I'm not as in danger (laughs) as previous years when like the (laughs) the blow up snow globe was still out there in February so you you did take some preemptive measures to get stuff down yeah we didn't it was one of those like going into it. The wife wasn't feeling super Christmassy or whatever, and then her dad and stepmom came down, and like uh-huh. out of the blue, uh-huh. she's like, "I feel like putting up the Christmas tree," and it was, which is always great for me to hear that when I have to impromptu run into the attic, try to shove stuff downstairs and get it ready, and then it wouldn't stay in the stand. But so, uh, when did you transition from? real christmas tree to fake christmas tree have you always been a fake guy never had a real christmas tree as in myself i'm trying thinking back memories as a kid maybe when i was like eight or something like that i remember like a real tree see i'm holding on to real tree as long as this body can physically carry a tree into the house um my dad so you gave up last year gotcha (laughs) my dad recently like in the last four years, went to fake tree and I bust them every Christmas. I'm like, ah, it smells good. Looks good. Nice tree you picked out. And I could tell, I could tell. And it, there, there's a little glimmer in his eye that he knows that I'm beating, beating it out of him. Like, like mm. he's up, he's a little upset that he has a fake tree. Like, cause it is, nice. it's like a tradition, you know, it's something that's like, got to get that real tree, get that something about it, something about and- it. And your dad, as you describe on the show, has like the uber manly hands. So you can totally see him like some December 22nd, waking up two in the morning saying, screw this. And he just runs outside with an axe and chops one down. Oh, I would not put it past him that because of me busting his balls that there hasn't been conversations in his house about like we should really get a real tree. Uh, Like, Mary, we really need to get a real tree. I don't really like like there. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a fight or two. 
um, about the fact that they should have a real tree as opposed to a fake tree where my mom probably wanted the fake tree because of the cleanup and the easy setup and it fits the room where my dad was probably like real tree for life and he probably lost it. it's another battle a man loses as he gets older to his wife i'd say they should compromise and the compromise is your dad gets a pickaxe mm-hmm. takes it to the floor throws a right. bunch of dirt in there and puts like uh, some sampling down there, whatever, and be like, listen, I'm, I'm not, I'd still got a real tree. It's going to take about 20 years for it to grow, but we'll always have a real tree in the house. So you want my dad to grow a tree out of the basement floor? I mean, he Where could do it from the upstairs if you want. You think, yeah, probably upstairs. I mean, the sun would probably help as opposed to the basement, but you know. I mean, well, I mean, if you're pickaxing the floor, I just naturally assume you take it to, like, the walls to let the sun in. It's not a bad idea in theory. Like, you grow your tree and it just stays with you. Like, I kind of almost like that, like, in a way. Like, the only problem, your tree would be in your house forever. Um, So, Well, you just sell the house, and I'm sure the new owners will understand why there's a tree in the house. (laughs) Like, a lot of people... Um, have to move around a lot of things to put their tree. But if you had a permanent space and you could grow a Christmas tree in there, it's not a bad idea. There you it, stays go. With, it stays with you forever. It's in your sunroom, maybe, where it just yeah. keeps growing with the kids. And then the kids get older every year. They take a picture with the tree. Yeah. It's not a horrible idea. It needs a little fine-tuning on your end, but I, that I, that's why I'm here. No, no. I mean, I think I figured it all out. Pickaxe yeah. to the floor. In the dark bus holes into the in the yep. basement. Yep. For the sunlight to come in. New owners will understand why there's a tree in their house. I yeah, I, I covered all all sides to this and all this go. I love like if you had a big enough house and you just have the Christmas tree corner with that tree, you water it throughout the year, you decorate it every year, your kids grow yep. up, you get sad if it dies. Like that that see, that's 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 nice. Yeah, I mean, and let's add to it, like let's get like a family that's really young, like somebody in their 20s, when they're 70 and the grandkids are coming, that's yep. going to be a big mofo tree in the house. It is pretty cool. It is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. You're yeah. welcome, America. Ironically, we are coming off of the last time everybody's heard from us is our Christmas episode. Um, I know it's been a couple weeks, um, but Mike, it was widely, widely regarded as one of our best episodes of all time. Well, that's a beautiful statement. It had a lot to do with me talking, I would assume, right? Yeah, I mean, it definitely had a lot to do with you talking. Uh, going You're through, welcome. Throwing, going through maybe the most involved bit I've ever done on the podcast. Um, pretty involved. Um, no, but it's yeah, just you, me talking. Yeah, There's you no killed. Of all. Uh, um, some of the reviews were top three episodes of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm in the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. Um other ones were like, I knew Berlou was responsible for killing Jesus. Incidentally, yeah. not directly. That If I went to court, that was manslaughter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, if you are just tuning in the, in the new year, happy new year. But if, if not, go back and um, go back and check out that episode, the Christmas episode. It, 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 it absolutely was one of my favorites. Mm. To be fair, we did record, well, attempted to record yeah. An episode before oh, this yeah. recording. Uh, yep. uh, went a little off uh, the rails, if you will. Yeah, so last week we got together to record our episode, first episode of the new year. Mm-hmm. And so first we were met by 
um, an insane amount of tech problems um, where I couldn't hear, um, couldn't hear myself. Uh, some of the stuff I was using was, I thought, going bad. I couldn't hear Mike. Um uh, we did an interview, happened to be a very long interview, which you will hear soon on the on the podcast, maybe a couple mm-hmm. weeks from now. Um, but I was miserable through through the whole recording trying to figure this out. Because so you couldn't then, hear me. Understood. Yes. So then I spend like another 20 minutes between like guest and like us recording. And I, I'm like, you know what, screw it, I'll just do it like this. So the whole time I'm going through now we usually do a New Year's bit where um, we have to do a a death tournament, uh, God complex we call it, yep. um, where I got to bring someone back from the dead from the year, and it's usually an exciting time for us. And it was funny, like the way it turned out was pretty funny. I couldn't really hear you that well during it. Um, the person who won, I would never have expected to win, but it just came out of my. And then Mike was responsible for recording that side of it. We end the podcast. It's late. Like we, we were sitting down here for like three hours, almost something like that. It was like quarter after eleven, I think I recall us. Yeah, and we started at like eight, eight thirty, eight thirty. Yeah. So this long podcast, and then I go, <laughs> I go, Mike. Oh, stop the recording because we were just talking afterwards, like not on the air. <laughs> and he goes, mm, um, <laughs> uh, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no that sounds like me that yeah there's like no me. there's no recording uh my daughter hit record so we lost all the recordings we had a terrible night but i think we've matured mike enough where we just kind of laughed it off and it was like you know what hmm. what if we've lost podcasts before we lost one one podcast with larry hankin from um Let's see. Uh, Breaking Bad, Friends. Escape from Alcatraz, Breaking Bad, Friends, uh, Home Alone. Um, So a really well-known actor, but he was a talker. He was a guy that we said, like, two questions, and he would go off for maybe, like, 15 minutes per per question. So we lost that one. We rescheduled him. Um, He's on one of our episodes. You can go back and check it out. And we were like, what are we going to talk about now? We started talking to him, and he had, like, the same mm-hmm. the same answers. Like, he, he he just had, it was like he's been answering the same questions his entire career, or he had, like, a script that he just followed. But, um, yeah, so we, we've been through this before is what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, to my uh, quote-unquote credit on what happened that night. So when you're on, we're on Scott's Zoom so right. what you have to do is you get, click record podcast and it's like, well, you need approval to record. So I clicked a button to send to Scott. I see a message that comes up, says yep, Scott right. approves recording. I didn't know you had to second go back and say, now I want to record again. Hence uh, the the confusion of it. I just naturally assumed he approved it. Sure, technology, you realize I want to record now. But technology said, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? It, it is what it is. Like we, I think we've matured at this point where we're like, you know, whatever. It is what it is. We'll we'll fix the content. We will have the death tournament hopefully next week. Um, all you guys are on the you know the seam of your pants, just just mm-hmm. waiting for that. Like where are they? But we're back today, and that's mm. all that matters. So, um, all right, Mike. Um, we have kind of a two parter here. Um 
coming into the new year, possibly a three-parter. We'll see what happens. Um, so usually in a little while, I would say, let's get to our guest, but I'm kind of going to preemptively do, we're going to get to our guest because we're going to kind of do a bit that leads into these episodes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have coming up on the show, Lori Fetrick. Now that might, that name might not mean much to you, but if I explain it a little bit more, you're going to be like, wow, this is pretty cool. So Lori, you might know her by the name of ice. And then right now you might be like, okay, what is she a stripper? Like, uh, what, you know, what is it? Yeah. We go in news ways in 2024. We're not trying to get celebrities or athletes. We're just talking to strippers the entire year. It would probably get better ratings than what we probably maybe if we had a visual podcast, we rarely do, but yeah. So ice, what I'm referring to is ice of American gladiators. A show, if you're of me and Mike's age, you probably grew up on Saturday mornings. Um, you, you grew up watching the Joust. You grew up watching the Eliminator. You grew up watching the, I don't remember what the game with the, the steel balls was called that you rolled around in. Uh, the um, Eliminator, I think it was. Was that the Eliminator? Oh, or is Astro, it was Astro something. Yep. Like I okay. said, you don't remember the name. So, but you remember I came the, close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Astro, thank you for clarifying that for the audience. <laughs> I um, love Astro something. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see the Eliminator and the Gauntlet and the Astro something. That's my favorite event. <laughs> um, so we have Ice from American Gladiators coming up. And I will tell you, next week, we have Laser from the American Gladiators, who happened to be my favorite gladiator. Uh, Mike, did you... Um, did you spend time as a kid watching American Gladiators? Oh, yeah. I I enjoyed it a, a ton. I even remember for a while, I remember seeing the earlier seasons and not seeing it in syndication. I remember one night I was up late with my dad. We were just strolling through the channels. It was like midnight. It's like, you were strolling through the channels. Yeah. Yeah. We not scrolling we weren't through changing the channels. You we were weren't changing the channels. Together, we weren't hand scrolling. Hand. We were strolling, baby. <laughs> and guess what? American Gladiators came on, and it was like our tradition, like at nice. midnights on Saturdays. It's like, we got to stay up to see this. Atlasphere, by the way, very close to what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very close. Um, so that was Mike's first English butcher of, of the new year, so that's that's great. Happy New Year. Um, <laughs> him and his dad were strolling, and then they watched American Gladiators. No. To me, I don't know if it was syndicated, like where it was Saturday mornings, but I remember like somewhere around like after wrestling, Gladiators came on around noon, if I'm not mistaken, on like Fox yeah. or Channel 4. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I had the little toys and whatnot. It was kind of part of like our era of growing up, and it was pretty cool. They tried to do a million remakes and, and whatnot. So me and Mike are going to participate in three events if you will um that we are going to try to pigeonhole <laughs> into our <laughs> podcast it might not even work but here's what we're going to do now mike we're going to do three events but what i also something we never figured out is what is the the prize for for us like what does the other one or 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 is there a loser is someone who would have to do um <sighs> What do you think? I, I think loser has to do something. I, I so it's more painful. I agree. 
Um, so you are before the jury of myself. Um, any suggestions on what the loser should have to do? Hmm. I thought maybe a good one would be maybe you have to sing the national anthem the best way, the best like you can't half ass it. You yeah. have to sing the national anthem to start the podcast for the episode after. Okay. Like, I'm okay. down. Like there's no like if, if there's any like you being quiet about it or like being timid about yeah. it, you have to restart the national anthem. I, I feel that. I okay. feel that. Okay. You got that could be one suggestion. I don't know if you have others, but uh not at the top of my head, no. Uh but <laughs> we have two Three weeks to figure this out, so sure. I can throw out some ideas next week. Yeah. All right. So so far we have. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's agree right now that the loser will, in fact, have to sing the national anthem. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Can there be things added? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Next week. Okay. Um, when I'm down in the scores, I might be like, no, there's no. Um, there's no other repercussions for this, but that's when uh, you're like, Oh, I forgot to hit record again, Burlu. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's start again. Um, <laughs> so we decided that the first event, which I think is the most iconic event in American gladiators, you think of the joust. Um, hmm. I had the little toys where you had the two, I had laser actually. Um, he, you, you were on the joust, you press the buttons to hit each other, mm -hmm. knock, knock the other one off. So we're going to play a game. You might have heard of it. Two truths and a lie. Okay. Um, it and, and we decided that this is just worth three points total. If you get the, if you get the lie, you get a point. Um, so going into next week, you could be up three, nothing, three, two, three, one. So each round is a point. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you are allowed to ask two questions per scenario. Okay, to try to get the other person to explain, um, to try to catch them in their line. Um, and and that's it. So this is the joust. It's going back and forth. Um, who will win the joust? I don't know. But here we go, Mike. We're going to try this out. Mike, would you like to um, go first or would you like to, mm. to be the guesser first? I think I'll go first. Okay, okay, okay. Let's do it. All right. Um, with my two truths, one lie, I think I did three different themes for I kind of did game. two. I kind of did yeah. I did one really tame one and then two. Now I'm worried. Um I will say I am worried that I have told some of these stories on the podcast. That's the one mm -hmm. worry. And I found that to be way this to be way harder than when I said we should do it. Because oh, we've yeah. told everything about ourselves on this podcast. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But right. I I made extra sure on a lot of these here. So the uh first groupings, Scott, is fights with my wife. Fights with my wife. Okay. Okay. One fight led to my wife throwing leftover funnel cake at me for not for being crabby at the park. Okay. Okay. I'm going to hear the scenarios, then I'm going to ask yep. questions. Okay. One fight led to my wife believing she was abandoned on a farm in the middle of the night. Okay. Third one. One fight came on the night I got arrested. And ended with the first time me and my wife had sex. <laughs> These are tremendous. Okay. Okay. 
All right, let's start with the funnel cake one. Okay. All right. Re- read the, the whole headline again. Okay. One fight led to my wife throwing leftover funnel cake at me for being crabby at the park. All right. Now, why were you crabby at the park? Uh, it was basically, we went there in like late September, early October when it's still like boiling right. in Florida and we had a long day there and we came back and she, I basically said that I wanted to sleep in the next day and she reiterated that we had breakfast reservations at one of the parks. Okay. So we had to be there at rope drop to do it rope drop yeah so that's what they call it when like they open they rope i I got it i got it i got it and i figured that one out yep and i believe i made some snarky comment of well this is the relaxing 28th time i'm at this park and i can't fall asleep and then she started complaining because i was uh, the temperature and whatever and i made another snarky comment and she attempted to like she Picked up the funnel cake to throw it at me, but it was kind of like when you throw a baseball and it's kind of like rolling out of your hands. So she didn't have a good grip. So she kind of attempted to do it and kind of flipped in the air where all that like literally hit me was like some powder sugar on my shoes. Okay. Now, my second, this is for breakfast, right? Yeah. Now, why did you have funnel cake at breakfast? And funnel cake wasn't at breakfast. So the fight was that we got back to the hotel room. They had, I think it was like a Halloween funnel cake and we ate a bunch of stuff anyway. So we didn't eat it all. We took it back. And like I said, when I'm like, I want to sleep in and she's like, no, we have to get up early because we have breakfast reservations. That's when that fight happened and funnel cake got thrown. Okay. Okay. All right, read the second scenario again. One fight led to my wife believing she was abandoned on a farm in the middle of the night. Okay. Um, What would make her believe she was abandoned at the farm? Well, uh, they had some kind of like s'mores thing at the farm, and they listed it as, oh, it's going from six to nine, and my wife is like uber time-sensitive, so something in her brain told her that if we didn't get there at six, we missed out on something. Mm-hmm. But I just hear s'mores at the farm and like, okay, whatever, we'll show up whenever. So we got there at like seven and she was in complete mode, like shut down, wouldn't talk to me. I'm like, oh, let's go pumpkin picking. And she wasn't talking to me. And then like when I cried it out of her, what's the matter with you? And she's like, I'm pissed off that you didn't we didn't get here directly at six assuming that she missed something so we were going back and forth and she's like i'm walking home so i'm trying to stop her i'm like no let's talk and she's like don't touch me i'm like fine so i went back to the car figuring i'll go out the exit and i will meet her at the front but she i did not know she was behind me following me and she basically see me storm off from the farm and she Call me up crying. Please don't leave me at the farm. So far, you're really good at this. Um, if one of these is a lie, you're you're very good at this. Um, now, why was she so mad that 
that she would be left at the farm? Like, why was she so upset? She was mad at the the event was at the farm, like s'mores and other like fall kind of festivities. Her madness wasn't at the farm at the leaving at the farm. Her madness was that we went there. We showed up at seven. It started at six, and her time sensitivity just declared that, oh, we must have missed something really amazing at this farm. So that's why she was in a bent-out mood. And then after, like, the back and forth, that's when I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. I went back to the car ready to pick her up as she was, quote-unquote, walking from home. And lo and behold, she was behind me, and she thought I just stormed off and left her at a farm at, like, 9 o'clock at night. Which is what you've been planning for years. But um... Uh, that's the end goal, yeah. Okay, Jesus. Uh, All right, read the third headline. One fight came on the night I got arrested and ended up with my wife. Let me. One fight came on the night I got arrested and ended with the first time me and my wife had sex. All right, what were you arrested for? Uh, That was the famous uh, episode, Michael Burlew. The People versus Michael Burlew. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the one where we were one of our third, fourth date. We were at your uh, trivia night. I drove home. They pulled me over because my license plate headlights were out. Yeah. And they just declared, uh, oh, you must be drunk because it was 20 degrees outside and my legs were shaking. And that whole night where... They tried to give me a breathalyzer. That one was broken. They tried to be at a second breathalyzer. That was broken. And uh, nobody would pick up. I believe I tried to call you a couple times with no answer. Mm-hmm. And the wife picked up. So since I didn't have the car, she had to pick me up to take me back to the apartment. Okay. Now, how did that lead to sex? Uh, it just basically was we got home. Uh, she had a history with a ex that was a drunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not arrested, but he, he was a clear alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So came like the questions of, did you drink more when I wasn't looking? Do you have a problem? Blah, blah, blah. Just kind of like back and forth on uh, the whole story. Right. And also she wasn't going to go home because it's like three in the morning and she lived an hour and a half away so yeah yeah so it was basically we we made up and just things started happening and lo and behold we had sex for the first time oh man well job well done on this one because i am not convinced on any three of these i thought i had one beforehand and the second story was the one i was thinking was the lie but it seemed pretty believable when you're telling this. Um, now, I don't know if you're playing me for like like a wordplay, like, okay, we had sex, but maybe you made out or, or something like that. Um, I don't think it's the first one. That sounds pretty real to me, the funnel cake throwing. Um so I'm going to eliminate the first one. Okay. Okay. Oh, boy. 
I know I'm going to be wrong on this. I lose every game when it comes to a Michael Burlow quiz game. Um, the sex one, I think, is so... Like, the headline was so absurd that you want me to think it's fake. So I think I'm going to go with the farm is the lie. Okay. Scott? Oh, God. On the night I got arrested, uh-huh. my wife picked me up. And we made love for the first time. Yes. Okay. Okay. Please don't tell me the funnel cake is the lie. Scott, my wife did believe that she had to be at the farm at six o'clock, assumed that she missed something. She basically told me, don't touch me. I said, fine. I ran to the car, ready to pick her up at the front of the farm to realize she was following me. And she thought I deserted her at the farm. Scott, at no point whatsoever did my wife attempt to throw funnel cake at me. You know what? I knew it with the damn question I asked, too. Like, why was there funnel cake present? Because it didn't make sense in the story. And I I, I left my gut feeling. Uh, mm. One point for Mike Burlew. Well I done, did. Mike. Very well done. Um my first one's a lot more simple than um, that one. Um, the category is very... I, I went with something that um, you would appreciate. I went with people I've met in the wrestling world. Oh. Okay. So these are three people, like even when I was watching wrestling, you might consider them the goats of wrestling. Okay. All right. So very simply, Mike, I went with I have met Mick Foley. Mm-hmm. I have met The Rock. And I have met Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hmm. Gotcha. That's all I'm giving you as far as like the setup on this one. Okay. okay. This, this is more like the straightforward one. Can he pick the lie out of these gotcha. three people? Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So I get two questions for, for each, each one of the each three. Person. Yep. All right. Um, describe where you met Mick Foley. Okay. I met Mick Foley in Bayonne, New Jersey. Okay. Um, Mick Foley was at a signing at when I was into wrestling. My dad had a, um, his, his shop was in Bayonne, New Jersey, um, mm-hmm. his electronic shop. And he knew I was into wrestling and he knew, he's like, do you know this guy? McFoley or Mankind, whatever he was going under at the time. And I said, yeah, I would love to get an autograph signing from him. And they set up a, there was a, a date or time. So I went and had my picture signed and picture taken with the one and only McFoley. Okay. Bow, how long of a line was there? I would say you would think it would be longer than it was, like just because of the name. But I think this mm-hmm. was a little before he like peaked, like where gotcha. you know, like if there was a McFoley line at one point, it probably would have been super long. I think this was like as he was coming up a little bit. Gotcha. Um, so I I met McFoley. Okay. For the Rock, uh, around what year did you? Meet the Rock. Okay. So, what was that attitude error? That was probably 
would you say like 98 was the attitude error 97 something like that somewhere in that area i'm fine with that yeah okay well it's funny because this happened to be at the same exact show in the same exact place um i met the rock at the same signing because my dad said there's wrestlers around the corner at in, in Bayonne, New Jersey, they're going to be mm-hmm. at blah, blah, blah's. I think it was a sports apparel shop. Um, they're signing autographs. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he had just become like, just starting to turn that rock gimmick, like where he went mm-hmm. from Rocky Maivia, if I'm correct, to the rock. And yeah. at the time, I didn't really know that much about him. Like, he was kind of like, oh, yeah, Rocky Maivia is here. Like, that's kind of cool. But I do have a picture that says to Scott from The Rock. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh describe the picture to me. So the picture is him in a um kind of like a um satiny kind of shirt. Um it's only buttoned down by the belly button, so his you know, his large chest is exposed. He has, I believe, a belt on his arm. I gotta I'd have to look at it again. Um, I think it was like the Intercontinental Championship, mm-hmm. um, and he has like khakis and a belt on with sunglasses. So, okay, okay. Uh, what kind of line was there for Stone Cold? For Stone Cold or The Rock? Well, I did my two for The Rock. So, oh well, the the Stone Cold I didn't meet at the same show. Okay, okay. Stone Cold. Uh, my brother used to work for TVT Records, which um, was we we had on the show Seven Dust at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so Seven Dust used to tour all the time. He used to bring me to like a show here and there. I was kind of young, I guess I was like sixteen ish. I know I couldn't drive, uh, but I was allowed to go to a concert with my brother. My brother was so if he I was sixteen, he was twenty two. I guess um, he had the internship with TBT. They did a show with seven dust and we were um, like, yeah, I think it was at Hammerstein ballroom Hammerstein, or Irving Plaza. One of the places in New York and we had, we got the VIP section or whatever, the TBT section. And not only was stone cold there watching seven dust, Jeremy Shockey was also there watching seven yeah. dust. So I got to meet, Two guys I was into at the time because it was wrestling, which I was into, and it was also um, a New York Giant. Okay. About how long was the meeting with Stone Cold? Oh, 30, 30, 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> it was a handshake. Oh, my God, Stone Cold. He was, he was kind of like surrounded by people. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of had his own, not like security but he was like off to the side and it was like my brother actually was still kind of into wrestling a little bit at the time too we're like let's go uh get a handshake with stone cold and just kind of said hi so okay but he was just kind of like oh thank you thank you you know that that was it he was he was watching the concert makes sense makes sense okay all right uh you you did pretty good with these stories so Mm -hmm. you you prepared yourself um, just kind of going through logic. Okay. Where I'm trying to figure Mike this Berger, out. Going through logic. Yep. Yep. It's a rarity, but we do it sometimes. 
Um, I believe you brought up meeting Mick Foley once on the show, so I'm going to eliminate Mick Foley there. Okay. And I'm kind of leaning towards, I'm going to guess that you never met The Rock, because for best I can figure out, like in those days, like Rock wasn't really doing much as in like wrestling appearances and stuff like that. Plus him being at the same place as Mick Foley is a little on the iffy side. I mean, obviously I can be wrong with this. But uh, everything kind of makes sense on the Stone Cold side. I believe Seven, I mean Seven Dust did music for WWF, so it makes sense that Stone Cold would be there. So I'm going to say you never met The Rock. Okay, Mike. Um, so you were dead right at number one. I met Mick Foley before at a shop in Bayonne, New Jersey, um, mm-hmm. signing autographs. He was just Mick Foley or Mankind. Um, I remember not being. You know, I didn't really know him that much. He was like, oh, cool. Yeah. This is mankind. Um, as far as Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, I did go to Seven Dust concert, and Jeremy Shockey was at one of the Seven Dust concerts, but Stone Cold was never at the Seven Dust concert. Mm. I did meet The Rock at the same uh, Bayonne little rinky-dink um store doing autographs and i i don't think i have the picture anymore but i did have it for a while it said to scott from the rock and you do you you don't know how bad i want that picture and i'm hoping it's in a box somewhere mm-hmm. um, and i will hang it up right behind us while we podcast um i met the rock and i met mick foley before so. okay all right we're, we're off to a good start it's one yeah. to one 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 uh all right mike joust around number two so far okay. we have fooled each other yep uh my second round is things i've done while angry okay Thing, things what i've done while i'm angry i tp'd my parents house as a kid and got it blamed on a neighbor kid who i was fighting with down the street I defrosted food and placed it throughout a landlord's house because she was kicking me out. I wrote a letter to a classmate threatening to slash their tires that they did not leave me alone. Wow, these are very aggressive moves. Um, okay, jeez. Ooh. All right, read headline number one. I TP'd my parents' house as a kid and got it blamed on a neighbor kid who I was fighting with down the street. Now, were you TPing the house for fun or you were mad? Uh, it was basically, I was angry with the kid. Uh, the kid's name was Kenny Goldchris. Uh, simply put, my dad never trusted the kid and we got into... Some kind of stupid... He was one of those... He wasn't a bully, but he was a prick as a kid. One of those, he'd punch you in the stomach for fun and stuff like that. If you like certain music, he'd ask you, you like boys or anything like that? <laughs> so I knew my dad <laughs> did like... Great 90s bully. What do you like, boys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. LGBTQ community, I'm sorry. That's what happened in the 90s. I apologize. But in sure. any case... It was one of those, my dad knew he got in trouble at certain times. He actually 
talked about remembering like somebody got their house egged and he suspected him. And like I said, we got in a fight and I was pissed off with him. So I figured the best thing to do was do something to get him in trouble. And my dad was pissed off at him. So I got now, blamed for that. Now, did Kenny Gilchrist get in trouble from this? Uh, my dad kind of blamed it. He basically said, this kid's not allowed around. I remember he came around and my dad, he didn't go into full on. I know, I know what you did, but he pretty much told him one time, you, you're like a bad apple. I want you to stay away from my kid, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he kind of said to his own, I think it died down maybe like four or five months later or something to that effect. But mm, uh, okay. it's just one of those, my dad didn't like him to begin with. And that's how he kind of kept away from that kid. All right. Second headline. I defrosted food and placed it throughout the house of a landlord that was kicking me out. What food did you defrost? I defrosted a ham I had in her freezer. Uh, I basically just ran it under the sink, cut it up. I went to her cabinets, put it on tall up top. So if any kind of rotting or something like that, you'd get it. I went to her garage, put it on top of beans where I know girl was only like five, six or whatever. So I knew wherever I put it tall enough, she couldn't reach it and she'd be wondering what the smell is. Now, did you get any like penalties or anything from the the renter like afterwards the landlord afterwards no uh i never saw her again after that uh basically what happened was i was renting a room for the lady i came home one night she claimed that i dirtied a rug in her bathroom and literally said i want you out by the end of the month which was two days from that so i was pretty pissed i had a an ex at the time so I could live with her house. But uh, like I said, I put ham around the house. I think I also opened up a container of mayonnaise and put it on a uh, high shelf where I knew she couldn't reach. So those flies and whatever can come and get it and get those lovely smells. Okay. All right. Third headline. Wrote a letter to a classmate threatening to slash their tires that they did not leave me alone. All right. What was the classmate doing to you that made you so mad? Uh, basically we were a group of friends and lately they were kind of weirdly doing stuff where it's like, they wouldn't be around for the, all of them would just magically be gone for the weekend and nobody could get a hold of them where everything they were doing, it seemed magical that I wasn't invited to stuff. And then there was some kind of, uh, party or something that we were all going to, and I was contacting the one friend who was supposed to give me a ride because I couldn't get my car out. And magically, he like showed up at the other person's house. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were calling. And it kind of pissed me off or put me in a bad mood. And then he kept on trying to say, no, no, that's not what happened. And it got to the point where it just like, I did that to kind of go, leave me alone. I don't blame you. Okay. Okay. Um. I could see all these scenarios playing out. I could. Um, but I feel like I feel like I know you pretty well. And you you hold your anger in. You're kind of like me in in ways. You hold your anger in. 
too much um, and don't take vengeance too much. Um, so I don't think... Okay, I do think you wrote that letter. You were young and probably crazy. You know, you did stupid boy things. So I do think you wrote the letter. Um, I think the line here is that you put defrosted ham and stuff all over your landlord's um, house. I think that's the lie. Okay. You are correct. Uh, I was in high school. I Basically, that they were saying... Oh no, listen to us. And I got so mad, I wrote him a letter to say, I will be ashamed if something happened to your tires. Yeah. There's a whole thing. Never got suspended for it. I did have to go to therapy for that, but uh, <laughs> that was the, uh, yeah. that was a yeah. fact. I did have a landlord, Scott, and she did tell me I had to leave because, quote unquote, I dirtied her bathroom rug. Yep. And, I didn't like the girl to begin with because she was, she like threatened me with certain things. She wouldn't let me into my room that I'm rent for her at certain times. It's like she got mad if I had to go in and out of her house a certain amount of times. So yeah, when she told me uh, she was kicking me out on the 29th and she told me on the 29th, I had to get out by the 31st. I said, well, what am I going to do? And I opened mayonnaise jars, and I got a bunch of ham, <laughs> and it went all over the house. No way. Mm-hmm. God, mm -hmm. I thought, you know, first this whole time I was thinking the first one, when you first read it, I'm like, the first one's a lie. And then I couldn't picture you doing the second one. God damn it. So the first one's true? I mean, the oh, first the, one's a lie? first one's a lie. I never, I never gone TPing. Uh, I did have a neighbor where I threw pumpkins on top of their roof and all when they were away, but you know, they, you know what too? Like I thought there was a hole in your story too. Like your, like when I asked you when he got in trouble and you're like, Oh, you know, my dad talked to him for a couple months. God damn it. I didn't go with my gut and I got mm. this wrong. Two, one, Michael Burlow, two, one. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. <laughs> Poop stories. Poop stories Oops, is the category. Nice. Right. Um, I once pooped at Arlington Cemetery. Arlington Cemetery. Okay. I once pooped at Arlington Cemetery. Okay. Um, I once crapped my bed with my wife in it. I once crapped my bed with my wife in the bed. Okay. Okay. And I once pooped in a building in a hundred degree heat only to find out the water was turned off. Hmm. Um I once pooped in the hundred degree building only to find out the water was not on. Okay. Okay. Those are my three poop stories. And I'm kind of afraid because I think I might have told two of these stories, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, with Arlington Cemetery, where did exactly did you poop? So, in, I would say, seventh grade, we were on a Boy Scout trip in Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. So, we did, we did uh, Lincoln Memorial, all that stuff. And then we were going, 
we went on hikes and things like that. And like we actually were on a trip where you had to check off certain things, like almost like a scavenger hunt mm-hmm. um, where you had to gain information from different sites and, and whatnot. Um, if you know my, my gut and my pooping, um, it hits me like a ton of bricks. Um, I got hit really hard at, at Arlington cemetery. It's probably about middle of the day. And I, there, if you've ever been to Arlington cemetery, there's no, it's not a tourist. Like there's no porta potties mm-hmm. there. So I literally like where you go, there's, there's the graves and, and whatnot. And then there's a little bit of woods. I had to go out to the woods and poop. And I had to use a sock to um, clean up the mess, if you will. Mm. Now, when you start feeling the grumblings and you had to go, wouldn't, I'm not sure if there was a teacher or a guidance counselor or whoever. Did you talk to them and what did they say about like where to go? Uh, there was no talking. Like there was when we were in scouts, like the older group would just like walk further than the leaders. The leaders were always concerned about the younger kids. Um, and it was, it was kind of the 90s. So it was like mm-hmm. just meet us back in like, you know an hour or whatever, we'll all meet back here and then we'll go to the next spot. Um, I was with like, I don't know, seven other 13, 14, 15 year olds. Um, and, uh, I just went out to the woods, did my business. And it was like the joke for the next like six years. Yeah. Hmm. This okay. guy pooped in Arlington cemetery. Yep. Okay. Um, what kind of led to you pooping, to your wife, were you out eating, drinking? Nope, none of the above. Um, literally sleeping. Um, felt a thought I was dreaming, like mm. just felt like a hot fart come through, and sure enough, like pooped the pants. Um, woke up like, oh my god, um, and uh basically took the sheets off while she was in the bed and washed them and then brought them back. Hmm. Was there any residuals on the wife? Did the wife find out or do you have to tell the story later? Um, there was no residuals on the wife. I did not crap on my wife. Um, I, I did tell the story later, like almost a couple weeks later, like, uh, but there was, I was so good at this. There was no evidence of the poop. Mm. Okay. Uh, what's the third headline again? Uh, the third headline was, um, I once pooped in a, in the summer in like a hundred degree building only to realize the plumbing was off. Okay. What was the building entail? Uh, this is the building I worked at for a long time in the in for, for years. Um, I was there coaching during the summer, and I stopped in between double sessions and knew there'd be a bathroom there. Initially, I didn't even stop to go to the bathroom. I went to say hi to like some coworkers who worked through the summer, and I uh, had to go. And I just I just took a poop. Hmm. Was there any reason found out on why the water wasn't running in the building at the time? Well, what's funny is I went to the bathroom and 
You almost there? Hello? Can't hear you yet. Can't hear you. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Coming back. There you are. Well, you know it's not the uh, camera. Yep. You hear me all right? Yep, I can hear you fine. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so I, I went in. It was 100 degrees outside. It's probably like 90 inside. And I, I pooped, and I went there back to the front desk after it didn't flush. And I was like... Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, it really stinks going to the, we have to go drive to the other building, which is like four miles down the road to go to the bathroom because they've turned the water off for the whole month. Hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. We got. So I'm eliminating the middle one right off the bat. You did tell it on the podcast once before. Mm-hmm. And I got a sneaking suspicion I recall the third story, so I'm going to say the lie is Arlington Cemetery. The lie is Arlington Cemetery. Bam! Um, I did I did poop my pants while my ex-wife was sleeping in the bed. Um, I did change the sheets while she was... <laughs> she did not even know, and I put them back on the bed somehow, and it's like, oh, we must have moved the sheets. <laughs> Um, I did poop in a hundred degree degree building, um, but I I threw out the poop story in Ar Arlington Cemetery as a salute to my grandfather, who was visiting his World War II <laughs> uh, dead buddies and got hit with the hit with the poop squall and the gurgles literally, literally had to go in the side little woods at mm -hmm. Arlington Cemetery. So uh, it's a lie, but it's based on a true yeah, story. Yeah, I it was. Like it. It. It was a tribute. It was a tribute to Grandpa. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mike, you're up 2-1. Yeah. Uh, but Scott, do you ever sit on the toilet and just point to the air? This is for you, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to visit random cemeteries. You would have done this, too. Um, all right. Well, we will, have, we will have the conclusion of this bit after our guest, actually. So... Um, I want to get to our guest um, real quick. So it's it's 2-1 Mike. We got one round left, but let's get to our guest. Um, Lori Fetrick, she has her own um, show. She has her own podcast. Um, she's absolutely a really awesome person to talk to. If you've seen the Muscles and Mayhem documentary on Netflix uh, about the American Gladiators, uh, she's one of the stars of the show. So without further ado, here is Lori Fetrick, a.k.a. Ice. Coming on the line. Hmm. Lori, Mike, Mike, Scott, Scott, Lori. <laughs> Hey, how are you? Doing good. Good, good. Glad to finally grab you. Um, glad I just asked you before. Glad mom's doing well, and we finally were able to schedule this. So, thanks for giving us a, a few minutes of your time. We really. Uh, oh my God! Absolutely. So, you. I, I actually wanted to start with you, um, with your your podcast. You are pretty deep in the podcasting world yourself. Um, 
I, I've been checking out like your social media stuff and, and uh, chilling with ice seems to be kind of like your, your baby. Yes, it is. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I mean, I'm getting, how long have you guys been doing your podcast now? <laughs> we are coming up on 10 years. 10 years. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're old curmudgeons at this point in this mm -hmm. This field. Back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> Back in my day. Exactly. That's awesome, though. No, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm literally not even a year in because it started, my first podcast was on my birthday, uh, the end of March this year. And, and so, what made you get into that? Were you just like, okay, this is something I want to do? Did you have, ever have any radio experience or anything like that? I know you have tons of media experience, but. Tons of media experience, no radio experience, to be honest with you. I mean, I wanted to get into radio way back in the day, and it, my life just didn't go in that direction. I have a very good friend of mine who is um, Joe Rogan's manager um, over at the new comedy club. And I've. Does he have a podcast? Yeah. Rogan. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, look it up. Yeah, Curtis has um, been with Joe for quite some time. And he's like, I was driving down to San Diego one day and we were on the phone. He's like, Lori, you need to do a podcast. He goes, with your life and everything that you have done, not just gladiators, but everything. He goes, you have so much to talk about, you know, and he goes, you would just be a phenomenal host. And so we got talking about it. And just one thing led to another. And to be honest with you, that's kind of, and I tease him to this day, I go, you know, this is all your fault. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I have a company that just picked up my um, my podcast. So it's gonna be, it'll, it's gonna be a cool fun 2024, you know? That's so. sweet. Out of curiosity, do you own ice do you have to get permission to call yourself ice is it like a wrestling thing where yeah. well we're we're in the small battle of it at this point literally at this point in time we're in the small battle of it but we went back through our contracts they never trademarked our names whatsoever um and it's it's kind of that the i mean without getting into all the legal jargon of everything. I mean, ICE is literally kind of, they, they can't stop me from using it. You know, they mm. can't do that. So they can stop me from using the American Gladiator logo. And so that's fine. Screw that. I don't care. I don't need their logo, sure. you know? So I'm just now rebranding myself, chilling with ICE, Lori Fetrick, you know, and kind of going down that that path and you know I'll, I'll i'll always be part of the american gladiators they can't take that away from us so we're kind of in a small fun legal bullshit thing right now <laughs> you know and it's just it's literally ridiculous because of the fact that i always say this i said what they don't realize is for the last 30 years, if it weren't for the original gladiators being on social media, telling people who we are, their brand would be dead, Absolutely. literally dead. So they should be thanking us that we've been on social media and we're, you know, kind of promoting the American gladiators and the muscles and mayhem documentary on Netflix. I mean, literally, if it weren't for us, Johnny Ferraro's, his American gladiator logo would be in the dirt, right. you know? So exactly. it's kind of like screw him. I don't care. Um, so it's just one of those kind of, 
you know, and, and we all feel the exact same way. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like we're, we're in an era, especially for like people my age or, or even a little bit older, um, where nostalgia and these worlds of cons and, and social media, nothing seems to ever die completely anymore. In fact, some things seem to be to be given a rebirth where there's more interest in it than ever. I'm wondering if you, I, I have seen some of your videos where you've been at like cons and events. And I wonder if you're seeing that now, A, with the documentary or B, even slightly before that as like nostalgia for things we had when we were kids is still as big as ever. Oh, we're seeing, we're seeing that. I mean, I'm seeing it definitely firsthand. It's, it's crazy insane how, I mean, the nostalgia, especially with the American gladiators, I mean, think about it. This was like, you know, people can, you know, they come up to me and they go, oh my God, my dad and I, we'd build forts in the backyard or my brother and I would, you know, make the, uh, the salt gun and throw tennis balls at each other. So what it does is it takes us back to a more simple time to where it's like life was fun, life was more simple. And so they love that nostalgia feeling. And so it's just, it's a rebirth, just like you said. Yeah, it's funny because like that's a, that's a time where you only had X amount of options to watch something. So it was kind of like a community thing, right? Like everybody caught, and I, I wonder with so much content out there, if we'll ever get those feelings for shows where everybody grew up on the same, you know, couple things. I think that's kind of out the window. Like I have a three-year-old I, son. He watches something different every single day, you know? It's a, I agree with you. So. I, I agree with you 100%. I think those days are done and gone. I mean, think about it now. It's like, I live here in Los Angeles. And so we'd see a celebrity walk down the street and we'd be like, oh my God, that's such and such, you know? And we'd be all excited and everything. Right. Now it's like, we see, we can see in JLo's closet, you know? So it's <laughs> like, ah, oh, no big deal. I mean, yeah, it's still kind of cool to see her, you know, walking around. But yet that all this social media has taken away the um, that celebrity kind of really cool status of, oh, my God, there they are, you know, because they only saw us on that one channel that one night a week, you know, and people looked forward to it. Now they can binge it. Next. Yeah. yeah. Next thing. Bring it exactly. In. Yeah. It's instant. It's that instant gratification that has taken that really cool you know, feeling away when you do see that celebrity and everything. And prime example, Muscles of Mayhem documentary. Prime example. I mean, when that thing first came out, my social media was blowing up. Right. My, my, you know, my inboxes, my TikToks, my Instagrams. I mean, I was getting messages. And now this lasted for a good, let's say, probably, let's say eight weeks. And then after that eight week period, I noticed from here, it started going, you know, just kind of coming down, coming down. And, and it's like, I'm still getting the messages, but nothing like it was in the first eight weeks. You mm. know, that's when people were binging it. Yeah, I think of like mm. the only community shows in the last, like, I think it's like the Game of Thrones finale everybody watched or the Breaking yeah. Bad finale. Other than mm. that, I can't think of like anything where everybody's watching at the same time anymore. Yeah, it, it, cool. I mean, <laughs> we do wait for things to come out. I mean, I... I'm a prime. I'm the same as well. You know, it's kind of like, um, what is some of the, like the morning show? Um, I binged watch that. And then, I mean, like, Game of Thrones, interesting enough. I was late on the draw. Yep. I didn't even mm. watch Game of Thrones when it came out, you know? 
I, I was like three to four years behind and all of a sudden I binged watching and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, you, you would have been perfect for that show. I could see you filling a role uh, in the show for sure. <laughs> I still haven't gotten to it, so no spoilers, please. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, oh, it's, it, it is, it, it's one of the shock value shows that it was just like, was that, did they, did that really happen? Did they really do that? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, with all the, Everything from the documentary. I remember you came in in season two of the show. Out of curiosity, even though you got a glimpse of it before you joined, what would you say was the more shocking thing that you didn't see kind of like coming, whether it's like doing the events or getting prepared for the show? What was like the most shocking thing going in? Going in or once I was in and then it was shocking. (laughs) Whatever, whatever shocks you the most, share with us. Um, I would say the events, like a couple of the events, and that would be like the human cannibal. I think it was more shocking to find out, holy shit, this hurts. Yeah, you know the, yeah. how the impact was, and 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 it's like, did they not think this game through? I mean, it looks good to producers that are on paper. You know, when they're sitting in the, you know, in the conference room going, hey, this would be really cool. Let's have them swing down. It's like my thought was, why don't you ask it up there and you test it out first and then you tell me if it's a really cool game or not. You know what I mean? <laughs> you tell me how how it feels when you get hurt, you know, when you get really hit hard. I think that was a shock. And the other shock to me, I would say how big the show got, how fast. I mean, the, the, the quickness, you know, how it just kind of, I mean, it did. It just took off. Now, maybe not the first year that I was, I wasn't there the first 13 episodes. And, right. you know, I mean, when I watched the show, I thought it really sucked. And, but yet I still tried out. Um, <laughs> uh, but I would say that one year and then going into the second year and going on tour and, you know, selling out Madison Square Gardens and all of the tour, that was shocking to me on, wow, this is phenomenal, you know? Mm. So those moments were were pretty amazing, shocking moments, you now, know? You guys were all, you were all young and, and fit and, and just entering, and like you said, it blew up so fast. Was it... I mean, I guess we see the the partying and whatnot in the documentary, but like just like lifestyle was almost too much too soon, or did you guys just nah. ju- you just loved mm. every second of it? I loved every second. Of it. <laughs> yeah. I lo- I loved every second of it, and I think that my feet were on the ground the entire time. You know, I was very grounded. I have some I had some great friends and family around me. Um, it it was it wasn't. I mean. It was so amazing that I knew that it wasn't going to, I knew that wasn't going to last forever. You know, as much as we Mm. wanted it to last forever, that is where I kind of took in every moment and went, okay, this might only be one or two seasons, you know? So I was also very shocked on how, how long I lasted with it without getting hurt as well. But um, no, the, the fame that came quickly like that. Yeah. It was just, I, I took in every second of it. It was pretty amazing. It kind of segues to a question I wanted to ask you, you later on, but ask it now, like when, you know, you said you realized, you know, this was coming to an end, but when that, that letdown happens and, and it finally does kind of peter out and end, 
how hard is that personally for you to like kind of find your footing in like okay what the hell do i do next like letting all that air out of the balloon like how hard of an adjustment was dude i'm still trying to find my footing (laughs) (laughs) 30 years later i'm still trying to find the footing what the fuck am i gonna do now (laughs) Mm. um no it was um it was it was it was hard i'll be honest with you i there there's no sugar coating there whatsoever You know, and as much as, you know, we thought, okay, if the show ends, we can go into acting and, you know, you know, some of the gladiators, you know, got maybe one or two gigs here. We all got one or two gigs here and there, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But it was never like the series regular to where all of a sudden, boom, it just took off again. You know, we were always hustling. It was a constant hustle. What can we do here? What can we find here? Who can we meet here? It was never we could sit back and relax and go, okay, well, now we can just, you know, kick it and, you know, because we couldn't kick it because we never made any money. I was just going to say, in the document, right, like uh, you you didn't, you weren't sitting on a a Scrooge McDuck, uh, you know, room (laughs) full of cash from that. So it has to be not only the mental letdown and the excitement, but like, okay, I got to make some money and earn a living. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's just like it would be it would have been great if we were sitting on that pile of money, you know, at the end of it to where we could kind of relax and maybe pick and choose and you know hustle a little bit. But I'm talking from day one when those doors shut, when we're um, at the live, we're at the live um, in Orlando, the Orlando live show. And when we walked up and the chains were on the door. We just kind of all looked at each other and went, oh, shit, what's this? <laughs> Is this it? You know, kind of thing. And I literally the next day started going out to bars and putting out my resume to bartend because I knew bartending could bring in the quick cash. Hmm. Um, I didn't have a resume, you know, to where I could just go to a nor- another job or anything like that. I'm sorry. Hey, Roxy, I apologize for my dogs. Uh, Mike's <laughs> usually being like humped by one, or the, yeah, the, I got the, one right here by me, right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Last, yeah. last week we went to start an interview, and he's just getting, you know, dismantled from the side. By <laughs> <one>. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I got four dogs, um, and it's always the little one. It's the little Chihuahua that gets the rest of them going, you know. Yep. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, it's just like, yeah, we weren't sitting on that pile of cash and I had to start bartending as fast as I could because we were still living paycheck to paycheck, you know, just That's like anybody insane. else. And yeah, it kind of, it it pretty much sucked, you know, mm. to be honest with you. Because here's the other thing. Our show was still on the air. We just got done doing the live tour in Orlando, Florida. And the next thing I know, I'm behind the bar serving, you know, drinks. And people are like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing here? Yeah. You know, you're ice from the American Gladiators. So not only did I have to hustle, but I had to be, I, I, it was super humbling. You know, it was just like, well, you know, shit happens and it kind of ended. And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. People don't understand the industry on how it works. Out of curiosity, how many atrocious hold the ice jokes came when you're bartending? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> um, that's that's a good one. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even think I heard that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scott, I told it. you I'm an innovator you you on this it. show. No, I heard that. Uh, I, now, mind you, I was in Orlando, Florida, and I was bartending at one of the largest country bars out there at the time. And it was called Eight Seconds. They literally had one, two, three, four. I think they had five, um, five bar stations throughout the whole place. Outside, they had live um, riding the bull, you know, outside mm -hmm. tractor pulls, the whole thing. So I got a lot of the, hey, you want to go gator hunting and, you know, mm -hmm. all that, you know, that was the whole thing because all the Florida boys back there. So, mm -hmm. but nothing on hold the ice. That would have been cute. <laughs> Thank you. And now it, it's of the weird kind of like of our former guest comparing it to another one, the closest I can think of to like all of you in the American Gladiators would be the Dukes of Hazard, where you where the the people said the show isn't you guys, it's the whole event. And like the Dukes of Hazard, they were saying, no, it's the car that's a big thing. And they walked out and they came back eventually. Did you guys ever did you know, I'm trying to word this right, when did you know they were kind of scummy to you all? Did you know that from like day one, wow, they, they're pirating us? Or was the good times kind of mirroring where you're like, oh, wait? Um, that came around after our tour. When we went on that 106 city tour on the buses and went around and played it, Nassau Coliseum and, you know, Madison Square Gardens. When we came back, we realized how how big the show was and how big we had gotten. And at that point in time, that's when they came back to us and they're like, no, no, it's not you. They're coming out to see the show. We we're like, are you kidding me? You know, this is no, they're coming out to see their favorites. So that's when we started battling that. And I'm going to say that was probably third to fourth year. And they constantly tried to put that in our head. You know, um, it's it's you guys are nothing. We can replace you. You're replaceable. You're no big deal. It's the show that's the star. And it's just like, screw you now. We, we knew better. But I think that I honestly think that's what I mean, a lot of the um, a lot of the shows actually do. You know, I think it's a very common knowledge in the entertainment industry that they try to make you feel like you're nothing yeah. um, simply because they don't want to pay you more and they want to make you feel like you're expendable, like, you know, you're replaceable. It doesn't matter who you are, you know, kind of thing. But the interesting thing is, is that when we did walk out, we needed the whole team. OK, so and I will say this and I don't care. We have players on our team that are not team players. It's all about themselves. They're all about, you know, I'm sorry, but it's not, I'm not joining your team because it's me, 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 me. Well, those are the ones that hindered the whole entire thing. And even to this day, we battle that. You know, it's like, hey, we need you in this group. We need team, you know, and they're just not team players. And it's just one of those situations where you just want to grab them and you want to shake them, you know, and go, Please know your worth. Please know that you, we are part of a team. And as a collective team, we're that much more stronger and powerful. Um, so it's unfortunate, but it it is it is part of, you know, being part of a 10 team, you know, person type of situation. It is what it is. 
But what, what, you know, what was your guys' reactions when they keep trying to reboot the show and put it on in different forms, and it came back years later? Were you ever like included on any of that, or no? And and the interesting thing is, is that we <laughs> we as gladiators honestly think, how stupid are they? Yeah, you know, when it comes to you guys are the coaches of, you know, thank you. Exactly. I mean, they don't want to include us at all whatsoever because of the fact that they just, again, keep going, oh, it's the show. It's the show. That's the star It has nothing to do with the old players. What they don't understand. Well, they might understand it. They just don't want to do anything about it. Like the UK version right now, they rebooted the show and they're in their third reboot. But this time what they did is they took the originals and they're either coaches, they could be, they're either co-hosts, they did it right. Right. I mean, look at all the shows that have been rebooted. You know, they always, the very first episode or the second episode, the third episode, they bring in the original players, you know, maybe a guest star here, a guest star there. They, people want to see it. You know, they want to see it. And for some reason, somebody in the American Gladiators, and we kind of think we know who it is, but I don't think he really has any pull, but they have such a hard on and not wanting the originals involved at all. You know, mm. and it it just, it's mind blowing. It is, it is. And even though, I mean, everybody, I am not joking you. I'm not kidding. Every single podcast I've ever done, Every single radio interview I've ever done, personal appearance I've ever done, every single person goes, oh, my God, why don't they have you come back as this or that with the reboot? So it's like collectively, if we took everybody in the United States that went, oh, my God, bring them back, they still wouldn't do shit about it. Yeah. Hmm. Lovely. Well, I'm asking for you to come back as Vixen on uh, Superman. That was an awesome episode there. Yeah, Mike's been Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Scott informed me you were on some show called American Gladiators. I had to look that up. But. Yeah. <laughs> Who is a big Vixen fan? Yeah, Dean Kane was Dean Kane was a lot of fun to work with. You know, I actually want to get him on my podcast. Mm. I was actually that it, looking at the uh, other acting stuff he did, it, I, I liked that and the in living color where you picked up Al Bundy and then you grabbed Jamie Foxx and took him off. That's pretty. Not many people can say I manhandled an Oscar winner, so that's pretty good. <laughs> Chris Rock can't do that. I know that for a fact. That was that was so many so many fun times going through those. You know the guest star appearances on so many television shows. We had I had so much fun back then. Do you ever get to a point where you're like, okay, I know I'm an athlete. I know I'm American Gladiators, but can I try out for this role that has nothing to do with this stuff? Or do they ever give you that break? I would love to. I also am very realistic with my limits. You know, I'm very realistic of what I can do and what I can't do. In my mind, I can do any role, (laughs) you know, but to actually come out and do it, I'm like, oh, maybe I can't pull that off. But um, yeah, I just every every role I've done, a lot of them want to put a gun in my hand, which is fun, you know, play the play the uh, um, the villain. I always enjoy that. You know, I see a lot of roles out there that I'm like, oh, I would have been perfect for that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's just a matter of somebody making it happen, sure. you know, because I don't have a lot of pull when it comes to that kind of stuff, um, especially in the 
acting industry the way it is right now, it's so many things have changed since COVID. There's no more in-person interviews. I mean, maybe they're slightly starting to slowly bring back the in-person interviews, but they're all on Zoom. Right. You know, mm -hmm. so now you're just a little thumbnail of 25 to 50 people that run through to where I used to walk into an interview and you start chatting it up with the casting director and let them know, oh yeah, the American Gladiators. No, oh my God, did you do that? And so it kind of like gave you maybe a bump. <laughs> mm -hmm. Warming up the crowd. You know? Yeah, yeah. So with, with every documentary that's made, you know, especially when it comes to cast and ensembles, like there's always like, uh, yeah, it was good or it was terrible. They got this wrong. How did, what were your feelings on the documentary? Do you think they did a good job presenting the story accurately or were there things that you were like, eh, you guys kind of missed this? Um, I was very, very pleasantly surprised on how good they did. Mm -hmm. um, I was super excited how it turned out. I mean, we were, I'll be honest, we were all very nervous because I myself did two sessions of interviews for like six hours a piece. So much landed on the floor, you know, so we we're just like, oh, shit, how's this going to turn out? Right. Um, more than anything, super excited that we did not do the ESPN documentary. It turned out terrible. We kind of knew that. And so that's why when Netflix came out, they did us justice. They really did an, a phenomenal job. So I was very, very happy with it. That's good to hear because, like, I, I thought it was great. So it's thank you. Like, yeah, we agree. Something's great, and then someone's like, "Uh, yeah, you know, we didn't really like." You're like, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because if you know the old saying, it's like if I had a nickel for every time, and it's like if I had a nickel for every person that went, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry that you guys didn't get paid what you're worth." I mean, like, oh my god, my bank account would be full today. Sure. And and it's and it's funny because I don't want people to feel pity you know, or feel sorry for us. It just, unfortunately, it was the circumstances at the time and it was what it was, you know? Now, forgive me if I'm, I believe it was you that said it on the documentary. I watched it a couple weeks ago, but you were talking about if social media um, was around, you know, during the time of the gladiators or if the gladiators were around, you know, now at the show, how much different it would be. Can, yeah. can you talk on that? Like, because I, I could, you, you, I could see how people would be able to connect with these people. You'd be able to do so much more and you would even, I think, more become kind of the stars of the show yeah. than you already were because mm -hmm. we'd start to get to know you. I mean, it's kind of like you said it all right there. It's very true. If we had social media back then, let's say we're filming the show today, you know, I could be on set, I could be doing behind the scenes, um, I could be doing little posts, you know, what we're doing. Hey, check us out here, check us out there. I mean, we could have been so much bigger, you know, but, but it goes back to what we were talking about before. Would it truly be bigger because of the fact that now everything is streaming and it's like quick yeah. instant. So you kind of got to do a give and take with that, you know, so we might be bigger for a moment, but how, how long is that moment going to last when everybody's attention span is about this big? Yeah. So maybe at the beginning of social media would have been fun before all the streaming, you know, you could, you know, go on your smart TV and have hundreds and hundreds of different channels to watch now. So, okay. So if I had my perfect moment and scenario, it'd be right when, 
could be right when social media came out mm-hmm. and you know, we didn't have all the streaming channels right away. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you all looked amazing. I mean, all the gladiators look like in great shape and everything like that. Out of curiosity of the gladiators that weren't shown, is there a fat gladiator out there now? Did somebody just, <laughs> you're like, damn. Get in the get on the pyramid. Go! What oh happened? To you? That's so funny Kate. that you say that. I mean, um, God, how do I say this without? I mean, I'm gonna. I, I have There's to. There's an answer, Scott. I have to be politically correct here and be really nice. I mean, there's some of them that that we didn't see that I honestly went, oh shit. <laughs> 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 it was like, oh damn, they didn't age very well now, did they? Um <laughs> and it's not that that's they didn't age too, well. It's with, just... come up with fat guy gladiator names. That's <laughs> I could do that all day. Um no, oh, you, know, here's, you know, here's something funny. I don't think anybody really got fat. No. At least I don't think documentary, anybody... that's for sure. And, and and I think here's the thing. I mean, being physically fit. And being in the limelight and being in the bodybuilding world, I mean, we we are our bodies. Sure. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like that's our identity. And and even today, at my age, I'm busting my ass in the gym to try to <laughs> slow down that aging process as much as I mm-hmm. possibly can. Sure. And you know, I have certain people out there going, "Oh, you look great," even if you put on a few pounds here and there. And it's like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> um, but I I don't know about a couple gladiators because a couple gladiators chose not to do any of the documentaries. And so we all kind of wonder why that is. You know, it's mm. like, did they not do it because maybe they gained some weight and they didn't feel good about themselves and they didn't want to be perceived in any weird way? Um, that's the, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But nobody really got you know, some of the guys got chunky, you know, okay. they got they got the guy, they got the beer belly or whatever it may be. Um, just a couple, like maybe one or two, but it's um, not nothing that bad. You know, so it's funny that you say that was there a fat one <laughs> coming to the arena gravy train. I don't, I don't think so, though. That's the funny thing. I don't think anybody really got fat. There might have been. There might have been a girl that maybe possibly put some weight on. I don't know. She didn't do the documentary. She wouldn't touch any of the documentaries. So we don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, Good question, though. Thank <laughs> you. All the reboots aren't really working. So Fat Gladiators is is a is a spin. I'd be I'd take a look at it. I'm yeah. Sumo Gladiators. Yeah. Well, like you could do the maze, and the person's just trying to climb over the gladiator because there's yeah, no room to exactly. get. Me. You know those big sumo wrestling things? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh this has been fantastic. I'm I'm really glad we finally got to to hook up and chat a little bit. Um so tell real quick before we go, tell the listeners what you're up to. We did mention the podcast in the beginning, but what Thank kinds you. of other things are you up to and where should people go to go, you know, check you out and see what's up? Definitely. Let's start with where they can go to check me out. And that is um, my Instagram is lori.ice.fetric with an F, F-E-T-R-I-C-K. Um, my TikTok is the same, lori.ice.fetric. Um, chilling with Ice, you can go there. Um, basically, it has everything, all my podcasts. 
I have a LoriFetrick.com for any kind of public speaking, appearances, anything like that. The exciting, cool thing that's coming up is um, I have a children's book that's coming out. And I also have an animation that's coming out with the book, which is going to be amazing. And I'll be doing a book tour on that. Um, we're looking at, you know, we're doing as many Comic-Con autograph signings as we can, getting out and meeting, you know, as many of our uh, our fans as we can. Um, uh, let's see what else. I'm just hustling my ass off here of what we can do and just literally grabbing anything right now, you know, just because riding off of that muscles and mayhem kind of thing. So there's a couple things in the in the works as far as projects that are possibly coming up. You know, but that's all on my website too. So lauriefetrick.com, you know, is my website and they'll have everything there as well. Final question. If, if somebody already grabbed ice, what was your backup name? If you could have made it. Dude, I didn't have one. (laughs) I was screwed if I didn't have ice. (laughs) (laughs) That was an arena person. And it's funny that you say that because when I first got the job, I was like, Dude, if I don't if I don't grab a name, they're going to give me some stupid name, you know, and it just so happened that Top Gun came out that year and Iceman and somebody goes, oh, my God, you could be Val Kilmore's sister. And we started playing around with Iceman. Somebody said ice. And I was like, score, let's use it. That's fantastic. You know, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Thanks for having me on, you guys. Good luck with everything you have uh, coming out, your book and all the other things. And hopefully we're in for some surprises and we'll be following you. So awesome. Thank you. All right, Mike. Um, Lori Icefetrick, um, I'm curious if you were an American gladiator, what would your name be? Astro something. Astro something. Yeah. Bring yeah. it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you would just go with like God. No, you know what? I got it. The one. Like just I want the, the Yeah. I like I want like all the contestants be like, all right, you're gonna do like um the the the, the wrestling one. What is like Assault and Conquer, for example? Something I'm like surprised that. Surprised you didn't say like wrestle something or yeah. you know <laughs> But they're like you know, the one contestant's in there is like, oh my god, it's Gemini. Oh, all right, I got a chance. And the next guy comes up and then it's it, you just hear from the crowd. Oh my God! It's the one, and the guys. No, no, I got no prayers. The one's yeah. coming out. Yeah, yeah. And and how jacked would you be? Just like gigantic, or like, what would you wear? I think I'd wear this and all. Nice sweatshirt, some. Um, so some blue all jeans. the other gla- all the other gladiators would be, yeah. you know, in their spandex, mm-hmm. their American color. You would just be in the yellow sweatshirt. And jeans, and just come out and destroy people. I I don't want to put on the show. I am the show. Okay, I don't need to glam this thing up. It's already there. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder what Lori. We should have asked her mm. what your name would have been, but maybe we can ask Laser next week. But um, time will tell. Lori, go go check out uh, Chilling with Ice. She's awesome. Um, so go check her out. Well. We're coming to the round three of the joust, Mike. Um, you're up 2-1. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling you might be up 3-1 because I had a hard time with this one. I might have told some of these other stories, but you are up. Here we go. All right. 
My final one is jobs that really love me, Scott. Okay. Jobs that really love me. So they're they're all lies. They're all yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The the love me's in quotations. So yeah, gotcha, gotcha. All right. I found out I lost a job by them changing the locks on me. Okay. I found out while contracting at a job, one person described me as dumber than a box of nails. <laughs> I love that person. Can we get them on the podcast, please? Find out if it's truth or lying, then we'll see. Mm -hmm. I found out somebody wanted to get me fired, complaining about me in their office while I was in the ceiling running wires above them. Hmm. These all sound like Michael Burlew situations, like things that you would definitely encounter. Um, so this the is Costanza of me. Yeah. 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 This is another well done thing. All right. What job were you working when you found out the locks were put on the door? I was at the mobile vet clinic. Um, pretty much the the head of the group. She was roommates with another girl who I was like not on good terms with, and there was a lot of politicalness to it. Politicalness. So, yeah. There's that, another one. Hey, I, I keep the dictionaries <laughs> filled, baby. Okay. No, so no, you you keep the dictionaries guessing. Like you never know. You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, they're just strolling through. Do we have that one yet? Wait a minute. I don't is that a word? I, I, guys, come on. So um I, I did a lot of office work for them, and one day I went through the open door that my usual key worked, but uh, the second door was locked. Mm -hmm. So me being me, um, they, it was like an, they must've rented. It used to be like, um, kind of like a doctor's office or something. So like you have a door, but there's like a slider next to it. Right. So I actually slid the slider and jumped into the room and I actually called them afterwards like oh that's weird and all uh, they they were like surprised i was in the office i'm like oh i noticed you don't have me on the schedule they're like oh yeah we're short on people we'll we'll do that come the following week they changed the lock to the front door so i couldn't get into the office and that's when i realized they wanted to get rid of me okay um were you upset by this uh, the when the first part of the story, I was um, like, I saw what they were doing, but you know, I'm a little cynical, if you will. So I kind of got it in their head where they're like, How the hell did he get in there? After the second time, uh, basically, what I did was I showed up that weekend just because I knew I had some paperwork in the building. So I literally showed up when I know they were getting ready to go out for vet clinics just to grab my paperwork and walk out and i knew they weren't going to schedule me again whatever so i was pissed but whatever i mean i've heard stories where the two girls kind of broke up or whatever they broke up as friends I i'm not alluding to they were together but okay second headline i found out while contracting at a job one person described me as dumber than a box of nails all right how'd you find out uh basically this person her name was terry jenkins she 
Like she she talked to all the up and ups. I'm friend with a with my uh, buddy Warren, and he kind of told me like in just like having drinks one night, and he's he said literally we were in a conversation, and she's like, you know, that Burlu guy, he, he's he works hard, but he's dumber than the box of nails. Okay, and. Was that reason enough to make you upset? What did you do with that information? I mean, there was nothing much. Um, like I was a contractor. This I was trying to get into the company, so I kind of bit my lip. I mean, I thought she was a freaking bitch anyway, and yeah, I've had enough stories with her to say people thought the same way of her. And a couple years later, she left because she was. I think she started like a tanning salon company or something to that effect. So it's one of those, I hate you anyway, so what do I care? Okay. Third headline. I found out somebody wanted to get me fired, complaining about me in their office while I was in the ceiling running wires. Um, was this a normal part of your job, being in the ceiling? Yes, that was the original part of my job it was the uh quote-unquote favorite job that you know i've described all early on my job in new jersey i initially started as a contractor just running wires in there because basically they had the office it was going to be like a small office for like upper level people and then 9-11 happened so we had to wire it for a help desk so i was in the, the ceiling a lot and Lo and behold, while I was up there, heard that tidbit of information. Um, did you say anything when you were in the ceiling? No, it's just one of those shaking my head, kind of went over to my supervisor and just say, hey, just let me know if I'm if this is happening or not. Um, it, again, it boils down to I'm, this is like a temp job at this time. I'm not trying to make ways. I'm trying to make money. So it's one of those, I gain nothing by going into the other room and cursing the person out. All that does is mean I lose my job anyway. So it's one of those, hey, I love you too, and just go on with my life. All right. All right. Now, my thinking on these three is that you are baiting me into the second one. Okay. Um. Because that the second one seems so much more innocent than the other two. Like the other two seem a little extreme. Now I think you may have told the first story on the podcast, the locks. I'm I'm not sure, but it sounds familiar. You in the ceiling, though. This is where I'm I'm toying with. Like uh, that sounds like something out of a comedy, like you're in the ceiling hearing trash talk about you, but it could be so unbelievable that it is real. So I, I'm now I'm torn between two and three. Um, I'm going to eliminate number one. Okay. I think that's true. I think the second one is a lie um, because the third one is kind of almost so unbelievable that it is true. So I'm going to go with number two is the lie. Okay. I don't believe I ever 
told on the podcast, but yes, number one is true. That was my uh, vet clinic where e- either you told it on the podcast or just to me privately. I, yeah, I nonchalant. Yep. Scott? Yep. Terry Jenkins thinks I'm dumber than a box of nails. God damn it. Terry Jenkins is real. Terry Jenkins is a real person. And she yes, sounds like a bad interview we would do like years ago. Like, yeah, we have Terry <laughs> Jenkins on the podcast. Guys. Motivational speaker, get, Terry get excited Jenkins. excited about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I thought that third one was so unbelievable that it was true. God damn it. You yeah, I, this. I, I mean, I, w- I was in the ceilings a lot and I heard different things. Nobody was attempting to get me fired. Did uh, you ever, did you ever- ever hear anything scandalous like inside information uh nothing comes to mind this was like way long ago i mean like i was there for 16 years so my contracting was like before that there just nothing comes to mind i will say a little fun story you remember my boss that i hated um Mm -hmm. he apparently told me a story of said Terry Jenkins. Let me start by saying, quote, unquote, allegedly came into his office, closed the door, uh, basically said, we need to, we need to uh, handle this somehow. And she started unbuttoning her shirt. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Terry Jenkins. Yeah. Let's get her on the podcast. Let's, <laughs> let's book her. Yeah. That you, you wondered if ice was a stripper. Ha ha. The truth is, it's Terry Jenkins. <laughs> Terry Jenkins, stripper. Because it's a Leroy Jenkins. So, Mike, you're up. You you got all three points. So Swept. I, I only have to come back now. I have to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a long way to go because I think the next event's going to be pretty big. So we'll see. All right. This one is embarrassing stories. Embarrassing mm. stories. Okay. Um. My cousin and I used to trap his little brother on vacation. We would turn off the mol- turn off the lights and pretend we would molest him. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So we would turn off the lights, lock the doors, and pretend that we would molest him. Gotcha. Okay. Um on my family vacation, we we have a huge family vacation, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um where every year there is a theme, okay? There is a theme to the vacation. And one year was the Olympics, um, where we had to do a bunch of events. And that year, you had to give your grandma piggyback rides um, in a relay race. So my family would have to give piggyback rides to my grandma. The other family would have to give piggyback rides to their grandma. Mm -hmm. And there's three families with grandmas. So mm-hmm. it was races back and forth. Who could get their grandma over the line? Gotcha. Okay. Um, the other one is that me and my friend late, like almost into high school, used to have wrestling pay-per-views by ourselves with wrestling figures um, way into um, – way too late where we should have been playing with action figures. We would make sets. We would have intro music. We would have champions. We would surprise each other and go to target and get a new figure. Um, and, um, 
Yeah, we would be playing with wrestling figures well into 10th grade. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Head, first headline? First headline was... Uh, hold on. It was... First headline was me and my cousin used to trap his brother in the room and pretend to molest him. Okay. Uh like, what would you pretend to do? Like, what kind of actions were you doing? Or was it more vocal what you were um, going to do? So we would just, like, <laughs> we would pretend, like, you know, you remember the old thing where you put your shirt mm. through your top of your shirt and, like, look like you're wearing a bikini? Mm-hmm. And we would be like, hey, Joel, like, what's going yeah. on? You like this? And he would, like, freak out. And we turn the lights off. Okay. Okay. Like gotcha. we were coming on to. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> About how old were you when you were doing this, or how long was this going on for? Probably two summers, 11, 12 years old. Didn't really know what it meant. We would just freak him out a little bit. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, second headline? Second headline was that we would have piggyback races with our grandmothers. Okay. Can you uh, tell me some of the other themes of the uh, vacations other than sure. this one? We had Woodstock one year. We had Christmas in July. We had um, the Olympics. We had uh, Easter. We had... Um, <laughs> trying to think, trying to think. Um, it, it'd be different things. Like There'd be, uh, there'd be rainbows one year. There would be... Disney one year, a, a hmm. bunch of things. Okay. Okay. Uh, tell me about the event itself, how you, you and your family did and how hard it was. It wasn't like it, it, we, we would sit on the, the edge of the lake and just kind of like it was in the sand. So you had to like get grandma to like, we'd put out like a cone or like a marker, you know, some sweatshirt. And then you have to like bring them back. Like do relay races. Okay. Okay. It wasn't that hard. It wasn't like you're bringing grandma like around the lake or something like that. Yeah. You weren't running a lap around the track with grandma. I'm saying, no. hold on. No. Gotcha. Uh, third headline. Me and my buddy used to do wrestling pay-per-views until like 10th grade. Who was your uh, go-to wrestler? Um, I didn't. Well, Al Snow was my favorite wrestler ever, former mm -hmm. podcast guest. But I remember I blew every, blew his everyone, aka his mind apart when I bought uh, Psycho Sid, mm -hmm. uh, who we also had on the podcast. I found a figure of him, and he came in and he like dominated the whole the whole circuit, if you well, will. Look at him. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah. yeah. Um. About how long were the pay per views? Um. I don't know how long do boys hang out like three, four hours. I don't know. We would just, we would do them. We would like figure out like lights and stuff and, and entry music and all that stuff. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I am going to go with the grandma story. Uh, the first one sounds like something when we, I remember we ended the show with like blame it on the rain and it mm. sounded very familiar 
to this story in question. I know it had something to do with like uh, singing songs to him or something to that effect. Uh, the third one, I do believe I recall that during our wrestling interviews, like I, I specifically remember the like you went over there and you're doing a pay per view and you're like, hold on, what's this? And then you broke out Psycho Sid. Like, oh my God! Kind of moment. So uh, I'm going to say you didn't have a grandma race. Mike, you are correct. You are correct. I, me and my family have done a bunch of weird things, which I, we could go into further episodes. But um, I, I, I did exaggerate. It wasn't into high school. It was probably like eighth grade. Uh, yeah. And then I definitely, uh, me and my cousin used to freak out my cousin and just like put rain by Madonna on. Okay, you're can start hearing you. Pictures back. Yeah, I know I told that story in the podcast somewhere along the line, but I can't remember. Mm -hmm. It's been 10 years of this thing. Uh, Mike, you are up three to one, mm -hmm. commanding lead going forward, but I think the next round is going to be a bunch of double points and, and, and whatnot. But uh, well done, Mike. Well done. You, you, you got me two times out of three. Uh, you're in the lead. I better practice my national anthem, but we have two more events coming up but uh mike anything to uh promote before we get out of here uh i'm gonna promote uh a little store that me and my wife like going to that's called all good retro Bottle shop cake throwing uh no that was a lie scott um it's in can georgia and the reason i'm promoting it is unfortunately as we've been there many times they have a bunch of Retro goods, NASCAR items, uh, items from horror movies, Disney, and so forth. Sadly, we found out that they're actually going out of business. Uh, so they have retro items, NASCAR items, and things from Disney. Is this like your paradise? Not the Disney part. Yeah, yeah. We we went over that, but uh, uh, you know they're they're great people over there. I want to promote them to help them out as they're closing out the stores. They are open now Friday through sunday they really nice people really amazing items i mean we probably threw a ton of money at these people and i think you guys should as they're going out of business if you happen to be around canton georgia check out all goods retro shop and i will promote um every year i uh do a fundraiser for the special olympics which is the polar bear plunge um it is coming up on in february uh, very soon, I think it's February. Hold on, bear with me, people. It's Um, it is February twenty fourth. Um, All right. So my team, the Frozen Clovers. Mike's done it before, back when he was in mm -hmm. Jersey. Um, I do it every year with my cousins and 
and when I started with just me by myself, but over the years, we've been able to raise some years close to $10,000 from our team. And it goes to the Special Olympics, uh, which is a very uh, close cause to my heart. So if you want to donate, uh, just go to Special Olympics New Jersey. If you want to donate to our team, uh, type in Frozen Clovers, make a small donation. It all goes to a good cause. And um, as far as charities, I keep looking them up, and they keep getting some of the best ratings as far as the money going to where it is supposed to. But, guys, um, there's nothing think- worse than the polar bear plunges where they throw me in the ocean and steal my money. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they would throw you in the ocean, and that would be the end of it. But, um Guys, uh, other than that, I want to thank Lori Fetrick, a.k.a. Ice, for coming on the show. We have a lot of content coming up, a lot of guests. Uh, we we fumbled the ball last week, but we are back um, climbing our way to 500. And, Mike, a little cheers to us. This is this – is, we are over a decade of doing this little show. So um, January 14th was the first – I believe the first episode that came out mm-hmm. which would make this year 11 of the podcast uh, came a long way from doing the show, me talking to the computer by myself. Um, so it, it's been a really fun, um, really fun thing to see uh, mature, I guess, if you will, all the guests we talked to, uh, learning about each other. It's been it's been one of the best things I've done in my life. So, well, clearly you didn't learn much about me because you failed the entire quiz tonight. Yeah, well, screw you. No one cares about you. But uh, guys, Bye. life is funny. Laugh at it. Keep the wind at your back. We'll be back next week. Bye bye. If you want me to plant you a tree in your house or throw some ham around, just call me anytime you want.